And that's the beauty of it, right? You can really see the patterns and the spikes on who's actually affected. And so if you're able to then visualize the where and the who, then you can actually tackle the how do we actually fix this and how do we operate. Welcome to the Esri and the Science of Wear podcast. You just heard technology and social justice advocate, Nick Okafor, who teaches a course called Mapping Justice at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, explain how a geographic approach using powerful technology can help shape better government policy. Esri's David Gadsden investigates how and why mapping technology and spatial analysis can help drive equity. Hello, Nick, Victoria, and Christian, and welcome to the Esri and the Science Aware podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Nick, we're going to start with a few questions for you to help our audience get familiar with the amazing work you're doing with high school students. In the summer of 2020, you spearheaded a new course for MIT's Office of Engineering Outreach Programs, or MOST Tech, entitled Mapping Justice, Designing Geospatial Tools for Social Change. How did you get involved with that initiative? I've, I've now been a part of MOST Tech for the past 10 years. I guess I'm dating myself now. Um, 10 years ago, I was actually part of their first class. It was almost an experiment on their end. Um, MIT and, and the OELP had this history of offering a lot of outreach programs to underrepresented youth within STEM. They wanted to try out this new program that was mainly virtual and thinking through how can they continue broadening their access, um, the access to STEM education and these tools and college prep resources. And so it was a great opportunity to really to really think through for myself, like what I wanted to do when I went in college, what I wanted to do after college and get that exposure to MIT as well as a potential institution. I'm curious, Nick, that, you know, when you think of STEM, we're thinking generally sort of engineering topics. And, and we know that there's been an addition to bring in more arts and design through sort of a STEAM type approach. But I'm really fascinated to hear how you made this sort of step towards equity and justice with the backdrop of, of STEM or STEAM behind you. I remember back in high school, I was the nerdy kid who was really passionate about physics, but then also loved theater and was trying to understand how are these related. And for me, it's a matter of understanding communication and innovation, right? I think STEM by itself really needs the art. I think the art is, is really critical because if you make a really cool app, if you make an incredible discovery in terms of technology, it doesn't matter if no one understands its value, if no one understands what it could do, if no one knows that it's there. And so when I think about equity and justice, if you look at the progress we've made in terms of there's always these iterations around how do you apply STEM for good, right? I think about the, the late 90s, there used to be this chat around appropriate technology. How are you making sure that the cool tools that you're building are relevant to the users, to people you're hoping to help? But as I think about responsible technology, I love continuing to push ways that we are considering the implications of these tools. And so not just is it appropriate, is it user-centered, but really, is our application of this technology responsible? Are we thinking through one, how it can be used and leveraged for good to really push forward social impact? But then also, are we considering the potential harms that it can have on the communities? I think there's a history of disruption, both for good and for bad. And I think one thing responsible technology does is it assesses how we can really dive into that a bit more. All efforts where maybe in one person's mind, it did a lot of good, changed a lot of 
area has changed communities, but then to someone else, you may have seen disruption, you may have seen harm. And I think responsible technology does that. I'd love to hear from Victoria and Christian just at the, on this high level topic as well. So maybe Victoria, what do you see as the role of technology in addressing these social challenges around inequality and, and other issues? Uh, I've taken, or I'm currently taking courses in urban studies and planning, and a lot of the data that we gather to make inferred judgments about policy and actually helping people come from technology. So I feel as though tools related to technology are sort of necessary when addressing social inequities and just injustice in general, because they provide a sort of framework uh, of like relevant solutions to address a, a lot of these sort of different topics. And it's more convenient for people to do data analytics using these modern tools. Christian, what are your thoughts? So interestingly enough, in the MOSTEC program, we have two classes that we take. One of them was the class called Mapping Justice, where I was using geospatial tools, but a separate course that I did take was science writing. And in there, I actually had the opportunity to interview an actual researcher. His specialty was in public health. And something that he told me that really resonated with me was that even though technology is so capable of changing so many things and bettering the lives of so many people, I think a lot of it doesn't go far enough unless it's also aided by social change. And I think that's something that Mapping Justice does really well. And that's why I appreciate the course so much because it showed me and reinforced my understanding of how technology can be used for good because I think that technology in solving social issues the best thing that it can do is access is in um, allowing us to assess a problem because when you map out everything and you get the data in and you're able to process that with technology, you can get it done much faster and you can solve the problem much more quickly. So Victoria and Christian, I'm curious about your view on this change process, like introducing new technology. Like what was your experience to socialize uh, the, the tools and the lessons that you learned in the course and engage others with that with that new approach the way that mapping justice works we're partnered up in two and my passion in life is transportation and my partner's passion was education and so we just put the two together and then i created an app that connects families in new york city to schools and transit to those schools in their local area i think that what stood out to me as i was working on this project was how I not only created a map that displayed data to really represent a narrative and deliver that to an audience, I think what really made it stand out, stand out to me was that I was able to produce something that actually had a function because that way I was able to see an immediate impact of what I did in my community. And I think when we focus too much on just making things better, we lose track of actually solving the problems that could be solved under the reason why we're even making things better in the first place. And Christian, that thought makes me think of the phrase tech for tech's sake, right? I think a lot of people love technology, love design, will make really cool stuff. But then when you think about the actual impact it, want to have, it wants to have, um, it's limited, right? Because you're not thinking about what are those implications 
Yeah, and I, I think really that just relates to our potential as an entire society and as humanity, really. I think I see so many people going to STEM and they're just so amazing at things, right? I look at what they're doing and I'm just like, wow, that's amazing. I can't do that. I don't think I could ever do that. These things are phenomenal what we're capable of. And yet we also live in a world today where there are so many people that have less and face so many injustices that are still prevalent today. And, and so I think if we really structure ourselves to solve and provide as much as we can to as many people as we can, I think that we'll all be better off in the end rather than just, again, making tech for tech's sake. Nick, can you help us understand how the mapping justice course was structured? Uh, what skills are the students learning and how do they apply them to real world scenarios? Definitely. And so the class is really exciting. In just five, six weeks, the students are going through a full process to learn tools, have really impactful conversations and create impact. Firstly, they're learning geospatial analysis, and so they're, they're learning how to make a map, how to upload data, how to make a story map, the power of an application of a dashboard. Secondly, we dive into really critical conversations around race, power, and technology. They're able to assess ways that there's bias within data, the power of responsible technology, and how they actually see themselves and their identities and their futures in STEM. And then finally, implementation is key. They, they take their work and put it into action. So so they imagine what the um, solution could be, who faces this problem, and how you can create maps and dashboards that can provide a future decision maker the tools to help that community. In our discussion so far, we've been focused on equity and empowerment. I wanted to dig into justice a bit. Um, Nick, how, you know, what is the state of our world? What do we need to work towards from a justice perspective, and how can both the technologies you've been developing and your engagement with youth to empower them uh, contribute? I think it's a matter of thinking through what are our country's priorities, you know, our individuals, our firms, right? I think about ways that we actually measure success um, as a nation, as a community, as a people. And for me, it's when you're unlocking the potential and capacity of others. I think there is so much untapped value there in, in people of color and queer folks and women and in, in in, in people of, of different classes, right? And I think through the ways that we are, are we removing barriers for them to succeed? And I see my work as being part of that and making sure that as we have citizens of our communities, right, what, what can we do to make sure that they can work and thrive and live to their fullest? I always talk about abolition because for me, that's really critical, especially in today's mindset. I think about the ways that technology can actually advance abolition. I think about a lot of great projects um, that are mapping and thinking through ways that we can really fight misinformation and misdirection of what's actually happening and what are the actual quantitative methods to think through of solutions. I think we often may not be fully aware of what change can happen, but if we're really data-based, if we're really looking through I'm assessing this policy, I'm assessing this intervention. If you apply that innovative mindset that's inherently in abolition to our public services, I think we can unlock a lot of potential within these communities and make sure that we're actually improving these services for good. If something's not working, let's fix it. I see the metrics of, are people thriving? Are they healthy? Can they work sustainably? 
Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. There's a need for better advocacy and education, you know, leading us towards a more empathetic society. I'm curious, Christian, what your opinion was of geography and geospatial technology prior to this mapping justice course. What's your view on on those technologies? I have always loved geography and I think I think back to a long time ago, I was a much bigger nerd back then. I would literally just try and memorize as many countries as I could on the map. And I knew a lot of things about random places around the world entirely. And so I also participated in Model UN for so many years. It's all just a matter of trying to understand people as much as I can, because even though I want to be an engineer in life, I think so much of what is lost in the STEM field is that we're not connecting enough of our problems back to the people that are impacted by them. I broke down New York City into, I believe it was zip codes. And then I was able to find the distance between the center of the zip code and schools all over the city. And something else that I had ended up doing as well was I had enriched the layers of the zip codes so that I could actually display the data that I wanted because something that's really difficult whenever you're dealing with anything geospatial is that finding data specific to what you're trying to convey can be extremely difficult. But what geospatial has allowed me to do was create my own data set out of other data sets. And that is something that I have not found anywhere else. Nick, it's just so inspirational the way that you worked with the students in the Mapping Justice course to really encourage them to go after some very complex challenges in society and and, uh, find a geographic approach with technology and with, with available data to, to address those. I'd love to hear from uh, Victoria and Christian on now that you've sort of done that exercise to think geographically, are there other challenges out there that you could imagine going after in, in your studies today or down the road that a similar approach might, might help make a difference? Okay, so for me, I am very passionate about transportation. I think when I, when I hear the word justice, I'm like, okay, transportation, this is my thing. That's my thing. I, I can't actually imagine myself doing anything else. I think the reason why I am so passionate about transportation is because I see how it physically and directly provides access for people. Literally just whatever you can reach within your physical confines is what you have access to, right? So it's, I, I've had this experience in my own life, right? I couldn't go to a school, an elementary school, because it was too far. And so I ended up having to go to a school that was failing in my local community and almost closed down. Luckily, that didn't happen and I got a good education, but you know, very close to having a rough start to my educational career. But that is the experience of so many people, right? And I think that's the reality of so many of our modern problems. We have the capacity to provide so much for everyone, but we don't because a lot of the time things are just too far. So my entire point is whatever you have within your physical confines is what affects you and who you are as a person. It applies to schools, but it also applies to, you know, hey, you know, there's no gym in my local area. I'm not going to be able to exercise. It's, I mean, you still can, but you get the point. There's not that level of motivation for that specific thing. If you don't have a hospital in your local area, it's going to be hard to get find medical care, everything like that. So in the future regarding geospatial analysis and everything, when working on the project that I did work on, I saw how a lot of it could be applied to transportation because it's literally looking at, hey, these people are over here. They have lots of this. You know where that stuff is? It's over here. You want to go get it? 
I'm going to be the guy to put that stuff together, baby. That's my <laughs> thing right there. When I was looking a lot at poverty, especially, and how that relates to distance between students and schools, it relates again beyond that to how far people are from where there is work, right? And so if you were to expand the avenues by which people can get around and actually access job opportunities, specifically, just that enough is reason to connect the lines and connect the dots between communities and where they could actually go. And I see that in my own backyard. So yeah, in the future, I want to work in transportation however I can. And I think geospatial analysis is an avenue that I'm open to. I just want to see that people have more access to their physical community. Victoria, what other societal or environmental challenges could you imagine applying this geographic approach to to working on? There's a very broad variety of things that geospatial analysis can be applied to. I mean, I myself have made maps relating to affordable housing and the difference in affordable housing units or specifically public housing units uh, over the and the way they changed over the course of a decade, just to see where the uh, Department of Housing and Urban Development, where their money is going in terms of providing clear affordable housing for individuals who very evidently need it, especially considering the pandemic and everything that's been happening. So I feel like when it comes to providing community resources and allocating those sort of resources, especially to disenfranchised and socioeconomically disenfranchised groups, uh, it's necessary to apply geospatial analysis. But I've also looked at it from the perspective of environmentalism and climate change, because a lot of people don't really consider the fact that when climate change hits, it's not going to affect everyone or everywhere equally. Some locations will have drastically different changes than others. Some locations will have greater droughts. Others will have extreme heat heat spikes or floods. And a lot of people don't consider the way that climate change is shown to impact almost every habitable location on Earth. And applying geospatial analysis to see the locations where, okay, it's necessary to incorporate more resources to fighting climate change in these locations because of the nature of their contributing to it more, especially in terms of uh, pollutants, um, especially in terms of uh, greenhouse gases. So when it comes to both analyzing the issue and the solution, I definitely feel like geospatial analysis is a very good way to go. And that's the beauty of it, right? You can really see the patterns and the spikes on who's actually affected. Where can you determine the, the ways that policies, technologies, interventions are actually really isolated and focused and the impacts aren't equally dispersed, right? They're actually quite disproportionate. And so if you're able to then visualize the where and the who, then you can actually tackle the how do we actually fix this and how do we operate? Nick, Victoria, Christian, this has been a great education. It's so inspirational to learn about the Mapping Justice course and the impact it's had. Thank you so much for joining us today. 
Of course. No, it's it's such a pleasure to, to be able to share their story. If anyone listening wants to support, I think there's there's always opportunities to scale this effort. We're always looking for collaborators thinking through how do you take this concept of just really building this next generation of innovators. And so please do reach out if you want to hear more about mapping justice, the course, the efforts, and let's take this to scale. Wonderful. Well, thank you all so much. Thank you for listening to the Esri and the Science of Wear podcast. And thanks to Nick Okafor, Victoria Velasquez, and Christian Fontanez for demonstrating how geospatial technology can help us create a more just and equitable society. If you like this podcast, please share it with a colleague.